Good morning to you. And, uh, thank you, uh, kids, for. My voice this morning, and I've been uh, a little under the weather this week, but uh, um, I guess I could sing bass, but that's uh, uh, not not a good bass. Uh, Philippians chapter 2, uh, verse 5, pastor preached, if you were here last Sunday, you remember where he preached? He preached from this uh, book of the Bible and preached from the pretty much the exact uh we talked about this verse. We're just going to read one verse this morning. And, um, I, uh, if I seem like I'm a little under the influence this morning, I am. I've got some Dayquil in me and uh, had some Nyquil in me this week, and uh, I'm still trying to. Uh, but uh, it's uh, it's all over the counter. Um, but. Uh, <clears throat> uh, it's uh, it's rough. Uh, this time of year, you ain't supposed to be sick, and uh, God uh, let you realize that uh, it doesn't have to be uh, certain times what you think. It's it's what He thinks, and uh, but uh, God's always good. And uh, if we stand, just read uh, the verse here to uh, be uh, um, thoughtful of the Scripture. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Father, we love you this morning. I pray that you'd help me as uh, I try to uh, preach your word. May you be honored and glorified. And the Lord, remove me and uh, exalt uh, yourself and uh, help your people. It's in Jesus Christ's name I make my prayer. Amen. And you may be seated. Let this mind be in you. And... <clears throat> talked about the the mind last week and uh, the pastor gives some thoughts here on what was here and the whole time he was preaching just as soon as he read the scripture and the things that were there I, I started taking some notes and uh, I wrote down a few things and God just kept through the course of the week expounding a few things to me uh, in regards to what he had preached and what he had said and <clears throat> the mind, and uh, we, we, we talk about the mind, and you go to most any mental therapist today or psychologist, or uh, <clears throat> and they'll say something maybe of this sort. The biggest wall that you have to climb is the one that you build in your mind. Never let your mind talk you out of your dreams or trick you into giving up. Never let your mind become the greatest obstacle to your success. Get your mind on the right track and the rest will follow. Now, that's what a psychologist would probably tell you. I think the Bible would say the biggest wall that you have to climb is the void that you have in your heart. Your heart will talk your mind out of doing that which is right and giving up. Your heart will let your mind become the greatest obstacle to success. If you get your heart on the right track, the rest will follow. I think it's a heart condition that we got. I think we look out into the world today and we gripe and we fuss and we want to change people's mind about things, the way they think about things, the way they see things in this life. And that verse of scripture said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. I think that the Bible teaches us that we get our heart 
right with God and our mind will follow the things that are there. And I think this portion of scripture, if you read down through it here and you see how Christ humbled himself and the things that he, he did there, he said, who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. The Bible very plainly says in all the scriptures that a lot of us know, uh, trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not unto thine own understanding, acknowledge him in all thy ways, and he shall direct thy paths. When we get our heart right with God, then our understanding will be enlightened. And, and that's whether we are, if we're not saved this morning and we don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, if you've never done that this morning, uh, he said all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And he said that if we'll confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of that unrighteousness. And then he said that uh, uh, for with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. He said that you're to confess the Lord Jesus Christ and what he's done for you. Uh, Matthew 15, 19. He said, for out of the heart proceedeth evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witnesses, and blasphemes. Those are the things that come from the heart. If your heart's not right with God this morning, then that's the, the, the one thing that you're going to have to get right before you're going to start thinking right things and doing right things for the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, that's why we're instructed in the book of Proverbs to keep our heart with all diligence. If there's one thing that I could tell you this morning that's the most, most important thing that you could keep throughout the course of the week, it's your heart. Guard your heart. Guard your heart against the things that are of the devil, the things that the world has to offer. The world wants to change your mind this morning, but they've got your heart already. You've got to change your heart in order for your mind to be changed about the things that are there. If your heart's not right with God this morning, then your mind is never going to change. You're going to be influenced by the things that are of the world. And there's plenty of things that are out there that are of the world. Uh, the, the world is your enemy this morning. They can say what they want, but they're your enemy this morning. The world, because uh, God is uh, not the ruler of this world this morning. Satan has his way and he will sift you this morning. Just like wheat, he will sift you and he will have you if he has your heart. You need to get your heart where it needs to be. Philippians 4, 7, the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your what? Your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Jesus wants your heart this morning. If he's got your heart, he's got you. Notice that the heart is before the mind. And we get things all out of order sometimes. And this may be ABCs for you. But I think we uh, sometimes think that we, we got to think a certain way or we got to uh, put things in our mind. I think most of the time the problem that we have is a heart condition. Our heart's not where it needs to be. We would do the right things if our heart was where it needed to be. 
we would uh, uh, obey the scriptures and do the things that uh, God has instructed us to do. We would do the things that we need to do at home in our marriages. We would do the things that we need to do as children and obeying our parents and doing the things that we ought to do as, as, as children. We would do all those things. You want to know why this generation of kids uh, acts and does some of the things? Their heart's not right with God. They've never been instructed uh, that their heart needed to be right with God. That's where it all begins. Romans 10.10 says, uh, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. A man believes with his heart and not with his mind. Do you know, you see the, the emphasis in Scripture on the heart? The heart thinks. The heart tells you what to do. The heart guides you into decisions that you make on a daily basis. The heart gives you all that. Your heart guides your mind and the things that you do. That's why when we receive salvation, uh, we, uh, uh, it, it's a change of mind. It's where our heart needs to be in that. I think that the problem with a lot of Christianity today is the focus on trying to change everyone's mind about something. You're not going to change their mind until you change their heart. They need the gospel of Jesus Christ in order to be changed. Uh, just saying that you believe that or you, you think that, that's not going to change anything. Jesus Christ is the only one that's going to change them in that. The heart has to change. And when the heart's changed, a renewed mind will follow that. David, uh, we heard it in Sunday school this morning, and David said it as he made his progression uh, through Psalm 51 after the sin with Bathsheba and, and the, thing that, uh, the things that were there. He told the Lord, the first thing that he asked him to do was uh, down in verses 9 and 10, and he said, what? Create in me a clean heart. And all of us as Christians this morning, I don't care whether you're saved. Uh, I do care whether you're saved, but, but those that are, are, are saved or not saved uh, alike, you ought to, your prayer this morning is that God created me a clean heart. I need a clean heart in order to... God doesn't like filthiness. God is holy. He's righteous. He likes cleanness. God is a God of order. He likes things in order. You need to get your life in order. If there's things at home that are not right, you need to get those in order. If you've got uh, some odd against a brother, you need to get those things right. We need to have order because God is a God of order and he likes those things. God likes those things. And uh, uh, we see that we need that and renew a right spirit. You want a good spirit about things? You want to be able to uh, be jovial and jolly about the things that are of life? Uh, if God gives you a clean heart, you'll have the right spirit. God will give you a spirit of loving, a spirit of giving, a spirit to be able to uh, convey why you have the hope that's in you. Uh, when somebody asks you of, of the question, why, why do you act that way? I, ha I have them ask me that. And I'm, I give God the glory for that. How can you be in, in, in a good mood like that? How can you act like that? Because I have the Spirit of God living in me. That's why. I've got a hope. I'm not focused on these things that are down here because I know that God has given me something on the other side. So how do we have the mind of Christ? I told you I'm a little rough this morning, and I apologize. I think that verses 7 and 8 outline how we do this in this portion of Scripture. And I think that it teaches, and it all starts with the heart. 
And you really don't see the heart mentioned uh, necessarily in this, but these are all things that our heart should have. Um, he says uh, there that he took on, <clears throat> in verse 7, but made himself of no reputation. You know, reputation, or the way that we look at it, is beliefs or opinions held about something or someone. You know, Jesus was one, it said that Jesus was one of no reputation. But he's the one that asked his disciples this question. Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Some say, his disciples said, that thou art John the Baptist. Some say that you're Elijah. Some say that you're Jeremiah. Some say that you're one of the prophets. But then Jesus asked them the most important question that he could ask them. He asked them, he said, but who do you say that I am? Who, who, who do you say that I am? And, and they said, Peter, and I think he said it emphatically when he said it, thou art the Christ, Amen. the Lord. You are the Christ. And that's the question that we have to answer because that's when we know that our heart is right when we call him Lord and he's the Lord of our lives. That's the important question that we need to ask. And he was of no reputation. He was called this one. He was called that one. They thought he was this one. They thought he was a prophet. They thought he was Jeremiah. But Peter said, thou art the Christ. And we need to know this morning that Jesus is the Christ and he is the Christ and the Lord of our life. That's when we know that our heart is right. You find no other individuals in the Bible that made themselves of no reputation like Jesus did. Jesus made himself of no, to the extent that he did it. It wasn't about any fleshly gain. It wasn't about anything that he was, we have, the intents of our heart are evil, okay folks? Your heart is evil. And, and you can say that it's not, you can say that you're a great person, uh, but you're not. There's no good in me but that of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're all evil this morning and the intents of our heart are evil. And we've got to keep Christ and keep that heart in the right condition this morning. And we see that Jesus, there was no, all his business was of the Father. He was here for one reason. He came to seek and save sinners, that which was lost, and to do the will of his Father. No reputation. Notice that he also took on the form of a servant. Galatians 1.10 says, For do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. You know, a, a servant does what he does heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. You don't seek the glory of men in what you do. You do it for the Lord. You may serve others in many capacities. You may be the best giver. You may give to every organization that sends you something in the mail. You may uh, do everything that there is to do when it comes to being involved in some organizations, but if the intents of your heart are not right, if you're not doing it as heartily unto the Lord, your, your intentions are wrong. God, God doesn't, uh, he may bless some of those things, but the heart's not right. Your intentions have to be right. Uh, uh, being a servant, you remember uh, the story of Simon the sorcerer in, in Acts chapter 8? Uh, Philip had preached to the apostles uh, uh, or to the people in Samaria. 
including Simon. Simon was there, and uh, many were saved, and Simon was saved. And, and, and continue, he continued with Philip for a period of time there, and uh, he started to wonder and behold the miracles and the signs that the apostles were doing. And they laid hands on, uh, on those, and some received the Holy Ghost. And Simon wanted to receive the Holy Ghost. And he asked the apostles, and he said, uh, I'll give you money if you'll lay hands on me to receive the, the Holy Ghost. And Peter rebuked him sharply at that point and said that his heart was not right with God. The intentions by which he wanted that were not right with the Lord Jesus Christ. And it wasn't right in the sight of God. And our heart, we see that God wants us to keep it in the right condition. Peter told him to repent and perhaps the thoughts, the thoughts of thine heart would be forgiven. His heart thought. You see, it's not, we, 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 we say it's all about the mind. It's about the heart. His heart thought. And, and God wanted him to get his heart right with God. And God used Peter to tell him that. Ephesians 6.6 6. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ doing the will of God. If you're doing it for somebody else to see and you to get glory out of it, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. God knows you. Uh, God knows the intents of your heart. God knows what you think. God knows when you think it. God knows what you're thinking at home. God knows what I'm thinking when I'm by myself. God knows what I'm thinking at work. God knows what I'm thinking when I walk out the doors. God knows why we do it. You need to get your heart right and be honest with God this morning why you do what you do. That's when it's fruitful that's when it's successful. God's successes in my life have been when I've turned it over to him and it's about him getting the glory and Mike not getting the glory. That's when successes come in life. In all areas of life. That's when success has come in my marriage. That's when success has come with uh, uh, raising your kids. That's when success has come in church. That's when God is getting the glory and it's not about me. Our heart. Our heart. Notice also, not only did he have no reputation, the form of a servant, but he was like man. Now, this one's hard for me to grasp. I, don't un I can't put my arms around all of this one. The Bible said that he was made like man, but he was without sin. The Bible says that he was at all points tempted as we are, but he was without sin. He was man, but didn't think a wrong thought, say a wrong thing, do a wrong thing. All was according to the will of the Father. But he was a man. And I know what's in man. I know what I am. I know what I think. I know the thoughts that I have. I know the actions that I take. I know the things that I do. But Christ was a man. And he was without sin. I don't understand that. I can't grasp, but I believe that because the Bible says that. He was like man. That means his heart had to be right. That means that he was in the right spot. That means that if we want to have the mind of Christ, our heart has to be right. What is man? He's unrighteousness. There's no good in him. The Bible, we read all throughout it. We don't like that. The world doesn't like that. They don't like to say, oh, there's, there is no good. 
The only good is, is that of Jesus Christ. The only good in this world this morning is the word of God. It gives us the good. It, it shows us the good that we can have in this world. There is good things in this world. God, but God is the giver of those good things. God is the provider of those good things. I think Paul said it best in Romans 7, 18, for I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing for to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. Man, it's hard. This flesh is hard to overcome, but you overcome the flesh through the heart, folks. It's not something that Kim can do for me. It's not something that James can do for me. It's not something that Todd can do for me. It's what Christ can do for me in my heart. Your heart this morning. Where is your heart this morning? Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus, but you better get your heart right. Notice he also humbled himself too. <coughs> Excuse me. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. First Peter 5, 6, Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. James 4, 6, but he giveth more grace, wherefore he said, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Humble, showing modesty and uh, a lower estimate of one's importance than another. Putting others' needs before your own. You know, that's, to me, that, that's one of the greatest um, things that I can do uh, as far as being a, a Christian in this life is putting my, putting somebody else before me. I, I get, I get, you know, I get on that pity trip like we talked about in Sunday school this morning. I get feeling a little pity for myself every once in a while. And I pull out, I keep a, a book of cards with me. And I, I write a few cards out. And when I start feeling sorry for myself, I think about somebody that I could write a card to. That's what you ought to do. There's people that's got uh, a lot worse needs than I got. They're, they're, in, they're having troubles a lot worse than I am. Uh, you can, uh, God says to humble yourself. Care about somebody else more than you care about yourself. Put others before yourself. Christ give the best that he had for you and I. He gave his son Jesus Christ. He cared about me uh, before I even knew him. He knew me. Christ knew me and he loved me and he gave his son for me. And you know, we as a people this morning, we read it, we talk about it, uh, and, and, and we quote it. If, we, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. That was Solomon and God talking. Humble themselves. We don't want to humble ourselves. We like to be exalted. We want to be on the top. I don't want to be on top. I want God to be on top. Because God said that he'll exalt me in due time. Mine's coming. Yours is coming if you're saved this morning. We're, we're going to be exalted one day. We may be oppressed for a while. But God is going to raise us up. And he's going to raise us up and we're going to have a new body. We're going to have a spiritual body fashioned like unto him. And we're going to be able to commune with him. The Bible says that he humbled himself. And then it says lastly there that he was obedient unto death. Being obedient. 
We don't like taking orders. Uh, you, you be a supervisor for any time and you'll find out people don't like being told what to do. Everybody likes to do it their way. Well, God's got his way, okay? And his way is the Bible. And we don't like uh, to say that, but he, I think that you can take this scripture and it's obedience during your time. And your time is the life that God gives you. God gives you a time. I don't, every one of us, Psalms 90, Moses said that we live our years as a tale that is told. Some are three score and, and, and one and, and the other scores four score. Brother Muncy says he's four score now. So <clears throat> we're, we're, we're at that. God gives you a time and you're to be obedient unto that time. We know that death is coming. It's appointed unto man wants to die and then the judgment. We know that. But the Bible says if we love him, what? We will keep his commandments. If we love him, how do you love something? You love it with the heart. And if you love the Lord Jesus Christ this morning, you're going to keep his commandments. Obedience is said to be an act of faith and disobedience, the result of unbelief. Do you believe this morning? Faith, faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. By faith, that's we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. There ain't none of us seen him. We've seen the things that he's done. But by faith, we believe that he's going to perform those things. So how do we have the mind of Christ? I think in 1 Kings, Solomon, uh, I, I don't know, I'm just intrigued. Solomon is probably one of the most intriguing characters in the Bible for me. And, and in 1 Kings 3, 8, and 9, you have Solomon's prayer for wisdom. And we think that Solomon asked for wisdom, but more importantly is what the Bible says about his prayer to God. He asked God to give his servant an understanding what? Heart. Heart. Give me an understanding heart to judge the people that he could discern between good and evil. He didn't say, Lord, give me wisdom for that. He said, give me an understanding heart. And I think that we sometimes don't uh, <clears throat> form or formulate our prayers in the correct way. God, uh, press my heart, squeeze my heart, Lord, so that I know what you want me to do in these situations or in this situation. He didn't ask anything about his mind. But God give him what? He was the, the wisest man. He said, you'll be the wisest man now and there'll never be another one as wise as you. The books couldn't contain all the wisdom, the Proverbs that he wrote, the, the Psalms, the people that were around him, the songs, all the things that he did. God give it to him because of his prayer and what he asked for there, an understanding heart. Solomon got more than he could ever imagine. And you know what? What did that give him? The result of exaltation. Solomon was exalted. There was nobody. Nobody had the riches. Now, was he man? He was surely man. And he got in a lot of trouble with a lot of the things that he got. But God exalted him because his heart was right when he asked for those things that were there. Verses 9 and 11 of Philippians shows you that when you have these things in order, that's the result. He said, wherefore God has also highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, 
that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in the earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the Lord, to the glory of God the Father. The Bible says, for godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. It's not about your mind this morning. It's about your heart. If you're not saved this morning, you got a heart problem. Your heart's not right with the Lord Jesus Christ, and you've not made the decision that you need to be saved. You need the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. If you're saved this morning, and you're just not where you need to be, and there's, there's sin in your life, you got a heart problem. You need to get your heart right with the Lord. You need to ask God to forgive you the sins and clean you up. Does God have your heart? When God has your heart, he's got your mind and every other part of his life, or part of your life. Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, said, You shall seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart as we stand to our feet.